outside, outside the nine to five. Long as I strive, success gonna multiply. Big day, Kev. Big big day, baby. Yeah, huge day. Twenty eight. Who would have thought? You know what's so funny? Like the, uh, getting, you're starting to get to these ages where, as a kid, you just didn't even think past that, right? It was like 25 or where I where I might be when I'm like, when I'm 30 or something like that, and you think you're gonna be this fully developed adult, and I'm here at 28, I still don't know a lot. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it, it almost feels like old an old kid, right? It just feels like you just get older. Maybe I mean you have a couple wrinkles, dude. <laughs> dude, come on, man. The, the gray hairs, they're kind yeah. of similar too. <laughs> oh, that's messed up, man. Jeez, dude. Well, I, we just met. I thought we had a good rapport, and now you're <laughs> putting out grays in my hair. Come on now, come on now. Yeah. Well, I got I got to do the intro before he starts talking, don't don't I? But I gotta say already, I think this is our first ex professional athlete. Right, I think, unless you yeah. know anyone, I don't. Um, I don't know. I was I was pretty big in the ping pong circuit. You know what I mean? Thanks. I went the distance. Went the distance. Classic. Well, like, was that we? Was that on Wii U or or regular Wii? Uh, it was it was Wii. It was just regular Wii, straight <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, let me do this intro and then we'll get into it. We'll chop it up. All right, we're pumped up to have another local dude on the show, raised from the school of hard knocks. That is Delaware County. He's a man of many endeavors, uh, but probably best known most recently for being a professional footballer. Again, European football. Um, and for a few different organizations and transitioning to being a partial owner and national marketing director for CMR Roofing. Welcome to the show, Cameron Saunders. All right. Thank pop you. It up, pop it up. <laughs> what was that? Solid? Um, that, that came from our marketing department. Yeah, that was solid. That was absolutely so solid. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Well, dude, give we them appreciate a, Give them a good review. Well, we'll keep we, them on board. We'll keep we appreciate board. you being here, man. Um, I know you got a little bit of partying to do. You're at a country music festival in Austin, and you're always on the road. So uh, we appreciate you taking an hour of your time to be with us and just talk about uh, some cool stuff going on in your life. I was curious. We talked about this yesterday. Is this your first podcast not business-related? Yes. Yeah, all the podcasts that we've been doing have been roofing related or business related or entrepreneur. Uh, no, not entrepreneurship related. It's always roofing related or marketing related or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, I mean, I'm going to go here because this is where I feel like going. Can you just elaborate on what CMR roofing even is? Because I'm not super clear on that. So CMR construction roofing, uh, we started about 20 years ago. Um, we started as a repair company and we were basically going out to help people in the middle of a hurricane when yeah. they had leaks in their roof. And so we weren't replacing roofs. We were fixing leaks. We were okay. running around, you know, with our head cut off, making sure people didn't have leaks in their roofs. Um, all of a sudden we figured out, Hey, you can do this, make a little bit of money, you know, and, and get the full roof replaced. The homeowner doesn't have to pay out of pocket besides the deductible and it's just been everything ever since it's just um we're up to 1800 employees total um we have uh we're, we're licensed and we've worked in 32 of the 50 states um we are doing a big 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 project right now 
um, on one of the major theme parks. So we've been progressing. Like big projects, fast. dude. It's, we'll go down that route. I'm, I, I didn't really know much about the company, but so we'll, we'll put a pin in like the CMR route. Cause I do, I just want to understand the company, but um, I, I do want to go back a little bit. We, we have found brother, when we go super in depth into people's upbringing, we, we kind of get distracted and we end up in a different route. So I, Kev, you had a question pertaining to upbringing that probably will uh, be a little bit direct and easy for us to transition into like the soccer aspect of his life. Um, what was the question you had? You mentioned it to me. Yeah, yesterday. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an easy softball question to get the brain flowing. So uh, yeah. So what, what are the three biggest lessons you learned growing up? over your childhood, young adult life um, that you can think of? So the three biggest lessons I would say that I learned is um, don't trust everything that everyone says. Everybody has their own version of whatever it is. And you cannot, you can't take that and run with it. You have to always make your own opinion on things. Um, all throughout college, everything, everything was pushed on us right we had to believe a certain way we had to speak a certain way we had to write a certain way um and then also i mean family first family is everything i mean we we instilled that a lot in our company currently where i want you to bring your family out to our, our events i want you to bring you know your kids out i want i want to see everybody happy and smiling um and then the last one being you know there's there's more bad people in the world than there are good people. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. that's an that's an interesting one. What? How did you? I'm I'm really curious about that. How did you? What makes you say that? And how did you learn that lesson? So I would say that's more of a mindset thing. Okay. Um, it's a big lesson that you have to learn early on. You know, you're going to trust people and figure. Oh, you know. Oh, let me help this person. Let me do that. Let me put all my love into this person. Let me, you know, and then all of a sudden they turn around and it's something going sideways. Okay. So everybody's out to get their own. Nobody's ever looking out for your best interest. So why are you not? That's always cool. been my mindset. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you might have to go to the Kevin and Colton therapy, uh, therapy, <laughs> therapy side. I, cause dude, I, Kev, you want to dive more into that? I like the first two. Family well, I think you're the, I, I think I kind of float in the middle and the neutral side there. It seems like you both might be on the extremes. Yeah. Like, you, right. you, you believe the best. You always look for the best in people. Um, I think. Yeah. Well, why don't just, you, why don't you take that? Well, maybe I'm going to, I, I, do you actually i need to ask this question do you like to be called cam or cameron uh, i prefer cam okay all right there we go yeah. so that's why you asked um all <laughs> right so cam i sometimes lean on the, the the irrational optimist side and it does fuck me a lot like where it i start to believe shit about other people that isn't even remotely true like i just almost envision them as this perfect person and it sometimes comes back to hurt me um but dude does that ever feel negative to you is what i would say do you ever feel like that shuts you off from positive relationships i have to balance out a lot of things um in our company in business relationships and stuff like that you got to take everything that everybody says with a grain of salt 
but yes, it definitely puts a stop in some business relationships, puts a stop in some personal relationships, but it protects you at the end of the day. And, and I wonder if you have a protection based on your success at your age with your financial resources, if that's a protection you need, as opposed to something that maybe Kevin and I don't necessarily resonate with or haven't experienced. Yeah, I was, just gonna, I was just going to think about that. So what I, I just to disagree, recap your three you know lessons that you learned. It's one was more or less think for yourself two, family and then three. Uh, more bad people than good people. But yeah, to Colton's point, just to lead into that, I feel like the professional athlete route tends to attract a lot of a lot of people uh, coming out of the woodwork and things along those lines. Um, so I'm curious, yeah, to Colton's point, do you think that's, did you have that experience or what, what do you think caused you to think like that? Um, you kind of sit back and observe right? You observe the way that people behave when you're successful. You observe the way that people behave when you're not successful. I wasn't, I didn't always do amazing things. I didn't always have everybody looking up to me, you know, back from GV or back from wherever. And all of a sudden people are reaching out that I haven't talked to in months and months and months. And I'm like, dude, like, who are you? Like, I, I don't remember. I know who you are, but why are you reaching out to me now? Um, they're like, oh, you know, you got a job for me. You could do this. You could do that. You know, everybody wants, like I said, everybody's out to get their own. Never oh, looks out for your best interest. So, yeah, that's definitely played a big factor into it. I've had girls come back into my life because of soccer. I've had business partners come into back, back into my life because of soccer. I've, you know, everybody, as soon as they need a little bit of money or they need a little bit of whatever, they're back. All right, so then let's 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 take it to the beginning of soccer. So interestingly, you would have gone to Garner Valley High School. That's what you just mentioned when you said GV. You did not, though. You went to Valley Forge Military Academy, and I'm curious: is that because you wanted to go the soccer route and knew that, or because there was like behavioral issues? I actually have zero idea. So Valley Forge is extremely different. I mean, it's so weird, right? So yeah. you're putting a bunch of kids who are court ordered there to go to school with a bunch of kids who are probably not so bad. Yeah. But, you know, I have to be in charge of these kids who maybe attempted murder or maybe, you know, had issues with like behavioral issues. Maybe they beat up their teacher, whatever it may be. Some of these kids were court ordered to go there and all of a sudden you're in charge of them. You got to tell them what to do. And, um, but for me, it wasn't behavioral issues. It was structure. I didn't have the structure. I was not always the best in school. I was not always, you know, the the uh, the kid who was getting his work done, getting great grades. I was just the kid that was sliding by, making sure that I could get into college. That was it. And so, was that your father's decision? Your mother, like, whose decision was that? That was my own decision. Oh, that's crazy! Damn, damn. I was just like. That sounds pretty familiar for high school for me, <laughs> skating by, kind of trying to just get by. So just to circle back on Valley Forge Military Academy, uh, for people who aren't familiar with how, you know, military schools might work, it sounds like uh, as a high schooler, you know, you were responsible for ki kids in middle school and below, correct? Yeah, so we were, I was in charge of 1,800 cadets by the time I graduated 
Um, we had daily operations, right? Everything that they got in trouble for, you were essentially getting in trouble, just like the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so it brought a different sense of structure to my life and a sense of leadership that I, I don't think anybody has that, I mean, experience unless you went to went into the military. I don't think anybody that I know has that experience, has that um, drive and, and want to help other people. And I translate that into what I do every single day. I, I um, one of my goals in life too, is to, you know, just to help everybody else. But that being said, there's more bad people in the world than there are good people. So it's finding the people that you want to help and the, the people that deserve that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that it seems like that was a pivotal moment in your, in your childhood? Do you, do you think going to that school helped your soccer career in the sense of learning leadership and structure and things along those lines? Or were you already like, were you already one of those kids growing up that was just way better than everybody else um, out there? So it's a funny story though. Uh, I actually transferred out of GV. Uh, I was not playing at the time. I was sitting on the bench. Uh, and Colton knows the, the coaches at GV were not always the greatest. They were some of the some of the worst coaches that always have the biggest favoritism and they want to, hey, you know, this kid's going to go so far. Let's start him in every game. So I got out of there because I wasn't playing. I ended up at Valley Forge. I'm playing every single game. We're winning every single game. And then Union Academy scouted me, and I ended up at Union Academy, which is uh, Philadelphia Union has a development academy mm-hmm. where kids go to high school for free. They stay there. They train, you know, five or six hours a day to uh, together to make sure that they are uh, developing and, and able to play at a high level. Some of those kids being kids who went on to play at Red Bulls Salzburg. One of them just signed for Arsenal. Like some of my teammates are are, are making it pretty far, but Union Academy played a huge role in getting me to where I wanted to be, at least as far as soccer. It was only, you know, six minute drive away from uh, Valley Forge campus up in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah. I grew, I grew up in Wayne, funny enough. Okay. I, I went to Radnor nice. High School. So I remember all the, uh, to your Valley Forge military, all the cadets walking around and all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's so you transitioned to the Union Academy and then from there you went to Nova um, to pursue your so- soccer career in college. Um, and then tell, tell me a little bit about the journey kind of transitioning to like a professional athlete and what that looked like, because this is the first time we're, we're speaking with someone who's had that, that opportunity. So very curious. Yeah, so I um, I went directly to Nova. I did a year there. Um, decided that um, I was majoring in cybersecurity, so you know, very off the chart type of uh, type of degree there, uh, with a minor in marketing. But I actually ended up doing a year at Nova. Ended up transitioning, uh, getting scouted to play for Cardiff City FC in Wales. Um, on a contract, you know, you see the, the bright shining lights and you want to go so fast and, you know, not ever look back. Right. So I continued my degree online and that, that transition was just, um, you know, I had, I had training from six to 12 every morning. 
in Cardiff. And then from 12 to like 10 p.m., I would be finishing my degree. Basically all online through Nova. Really, really, really glad that uh, Coach McMullen allowed me to finish my degree through there, um, through my scholarship. And he, uh, he really instilled it in my head that I had to finish this. Right? My parents were always doing that. But Coach McMullen always said, you know, you got to finish this. I did. So I did. I always kept that with me. Um, finished in three years. I uh, played for Cardiff City for the next, for those two years. Um, and then coronavirus hit. And then it seems like the whole world changed. The whole world changed really fast. And uh, I was uh, I was able to keep some of the relationships, but the coaching staff, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but it, in in other countries, when the coaching when the, when the head coach goes, he takes his whole coaching staff with him. And he went, so, so goalkeeper coach, athletic trainer, everybody goes with. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's in the NFL. It's kind of, it's kind of like that a little less so, but more, more or less, you know, a new coach comes in, they're going to bring their own people. Um, but yeah. 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 So what happened was we were in second division uh, premier league in England. And then all of a sudden, you know, coach, transitions over to Leeds United, which is Coach Warnock, um, which is a, a Premier League team. And the goalkeeper yeah. coach is like, sorry, I, I have six goalkeepers on the roster. You know, the one that, that brought me in in the first place. And I'm like, well, what, you know, what do I do now? Um, so really, really definitely put a stop in it. But I think a lot, a lot of the things that professional athletes don't do correctly is have the mindset that soccer will end. There is never a a doubt that you won't tear your ACL or double tear your ACL. I've had teammates do that. Like Jesus. Yeah, and and they don't have anything to back it up. They said right out of high school, they said, Hey, I'm gonna go play soccer professionally and make 40 grand. Okay, go do it. But what are you gonna do after? And they're gonna they're saying, Oh, I'm gonna play soccer for the rest of my life, I'm gonna make millions of dollars. Okay, but what are you gonna do after that? Never think about that. You're locked in. That's, I mean, that's a very, uh, I would say realist, like a realist view on things that I think would help a lot of people. I mean, even myself, um, that's very, very interesting. Kev, would you agree that most people definitely don't have that outlook that they're going to fail at what they're doing, almost giving themselves an option, an option that's like a option B. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally, I would totally agree with that with professional sports. Of course, the timeline's a little bit different than most other jobs, right? You know, you, you're only going to have a, a thriving career from anywhere from 10 to 20 years, right. In professional sports, depending on what you're doing for, you know, work, you know, <laughs> we don't have to worry about being in, in shape or, uh, being fit and things along those lines. Speak so. for yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a financial advisor, my clients aren't testing me on my two-mile time. So, I, you know, a little less pressure on that front. But, yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. That's uh, it's really like a feast or famine mindset, not really thinking beyond, you know, what, what, uh, what could be after soccer. Um, so when you – it sounds like you've always had that mindset – in your head, did you know maybe what you wanted to do after, you know, your, your dream of soccer ended in terms of just generally speaking business wise or, um, 
anything along those lines. No, so after actually after soccer, I had no idea what I wanted to do. No idea. So I came back um, and started working for another company, um, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to have a regular nine to five job, um, which I did for a little bit. And then they realized, hey, you know, this this is actually a lot. This is this is a lot that you're doing for us. Why are you not, you know, at a higher level at this point? So what happened was um, I got basically poached. At CMR, we love doing our poaching. Um, just finding some of the best people in the industry saying, hey, come work for CMR. And, you know, having the, the, um, the culture to back that up and some of, the, some of these people, how well they fit into our culture is just hugely beneficial to, to everything. I mean, we race NASCAR, we race IMSA, we race NHRA. I've never seen uh, a CEO or anybody get up on a stand and just get giddy. These men are, you know, 50 years old, 60 years old, just, you know, super excited to see a car go by at, at, at 105 miles an hour. Just freaking out, freaking out. But, but to your question, no, I, I never knew that there was, you know, there was more there was more out there. It was always, you know, Oh, you're just going to, you're going to do soccer for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, all my, all my teachers were, would treat me that way. I didn't have assignments that I had to do. Like I would skate by and, um, and they were like, Oh no, you're going to make it. 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 Um, but again, nobody ever thinks about that. Like nobody ever puts that into perspective. They always, 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 it always comes to an end. When did you finally decide? Because I'm like just trying to follow this timeline. So the pandemic happens, you get a new coach where you are. Like when are you you finally saying, okay, this is the end of my, my soccer career and making the transition or what happened to, to initiate that? So I went back to the Philadelphia Union and I'm making, I can probably tell you guys, you know, 40 to 50,000, which it's not bad. I'm sitting on the bench. I'm not playing very much. I'm just, you know, just skating by again. Again, another aspect of my life where I was just skating by. Um, and I was not satisfied. I wasn't, I wasn't happy with that. You know, the, the fame, the lights, the whatever. Whatever comes with that. It doesn't ever amount to working your butt off to get to a place that you want to be. And I always knew I wanted that, right? Everybody always says, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. How are you going to get there? What's your route? Right. And I think that's a big um, aspect to to kind of help us or guide us, guide us in our in our routes to actually get there. Um, yeah. So it, the pandemic ended. I went to the Philadelphia Union, did half year with them, started kind of a side job in marketing. We generated uh, about fifty six million dollars in Hurricane Sally. Uh, myself alone marketing, creating leads, generating leads for companies. Um, and then we actually found CMR at a, at a different point. And, uh, and they were like, dude, why don't you, uh, why don't you work for us? So it's actually a really funny story of how I, I got into CMR. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into that. For sure. We're all about Go for it. it. Go ahead. So um, I got my heart broken. Right. It always, it always starts with a good heartbreak. All right. All right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I feel like it does. Hey, 
<laughs> it does. It does. Trust me. It's it's the craziest thing. Um, I got my heart broken. Got super, super, super drunk. Super drunk. Um, ended up at uh, live in Miami with a bunch of my friends. A bunch of my friends ditched me. Um, they were like, "You're gonna figure this out." Like I was just a, a mess. Um, and these guys come up to me and they're like, "Hey, you should invest in our company." And I had been, you know, blah, 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 or, or whatever. Didn't have the money to do it at that point. But I was, you know, I was dropping a lot of money in this, in this club. And I think I dropped about $10,000. <laughs> oh, my God. And this, guy, <laughs> and this guy comes up to me. He goes, you should invest in our company. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. No background, nothing behind it. I just said, yeah, let's do it. So we go to the bank at 8 a.m. the next morning withdraw the money or, or get it all wired over to the CMR account. Um, and I get a call from the current CEO. He says, Hey, welcome to the team. We had a three and a half hour call. I worked into my, um, into my contract that I would be the national marketing director, or actually currently the CMO um, of CMR, which is very, very tongue tied to say. Um, but yeah, and then so I, I also own a percentage of the company as well as make a salary, uh, being the CMO for CMR. Um, I got to where did that sort of money come from? Like, because I maybe am very unfamiliar with the, the, the professional soccer. You, you told me you're making forty or $50,000. Where are you getting this sort of money to go party and live and then invest in a company? So, so when I was at Cardiff, uh, I met a bunch of financial advisors, investors, stuff like that. Um, I was making four hundred fifty thousand dollars a season. That's all put into six or uh, yeah, six months. Yeah, European so they pay you no joke, Colton. <laughs> they pay you, money, bro. <laughs> they pay you um, in a six month period because they don't want to pay you during the off season. So they will pay you a full salary, six months. Some of these checks that were coming in, I'm like, what in the world? Like, what am I going to do with this? And uh, and I, I took all of it and I invested every last bit of it. That makes sense. That makes sense. What, what year was this? Uh, 2018. No, sorry, 2019. Okay. Well, and, and honestly, it makes sense as a, those financial advisors. I mean, Kevin and I are very ingrained in the financial advising space. Obviously, it's in the United States, not in Europe, but it's the same philosophy, bro. It's like you guys are coming into a lot of money and a lot of people that are your age might not be educated on it. So it makes sense if they're they're looking to help people. It, it makes sense to kind of help you all. And that that's awesome. It worked out well for you. Um, crazy story, though, to how you got started with CMR. Yeah, Holy what shit. what. Have you always been like that? Just impulsive, uh, kind of not impulsive, but I guess more of a, you know, making a decision on a feeling or on a whim or something along those lines. So you always have a, a, a deep gut feeling, right? When something's right or it's a godsend or it comes directly from another, you know, let's say another universe almost, right? You feel, hey, this is so strong in my life. I got, I got to do this. And that was just such a weird thing. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and ask you to invest in training the company? No, no, that would be a no. I, I also dollars. haven't been. I have never dropped ten k at a club, so you know, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no one's, uh, no one's, uh, no one knows how much money I have. So, 
yeah it's um <clears throat> it's almost like a, a godsend right from another being you know there's always one negative to two positives so that's kind of where that uh that whole thing started and it was it was of course you know a, a bad breakup all of a sudden you gotta figure out what you're gonna do and uh everything spins around and you're like you know your whole world's upside down basically right and then you go and, and you get a great offer and you're like yeah let's do it here's what i am starting to believe a lot more in my life bro is trusting the gut again i don't know how to articulate it but this move for me to texas was a pretty big one honestly like everything i know love and pretty much everyone in my life are up north uh, but bro my gut was literally like yeah you got to go a different direction kid and and probably one of the best decisions I've made in my life have come from trusting my gut and understanding like that intuitive aspect to making decisions. At least in my opinion, when you try and rationalize every decision and think through every lot, like you almost get confused and it's harder to make big decisions with that. So food for thought, but yeah, you'll, you'll definitely, you definitely feel different things. And this is a feeling that I probably have never had before. Um, but that was also me coming to faith. That was me, you know, learning a little bit more about beings beyond me. Um, you know, there's there's always something that comes from deeper. It's never you make all these decisions during the day, and that's just how your life's going to be. There's always a plan for you. So, so where do you think that comes from? Are you are you a, a religious person, or have you kind of looked internally at that a little bit more? Where does that come from for you? So I learned a lot about different religions um, from my teammates, actually. They all, every last one of them from another country, they all rely on faith. And they pray before every game. I wasn't, I wasn't that kid. I was the kid that you, could, you can't get up on a Sunday to go to church. I was the kid that's like, you know, what, he knows I'm here. Why do I have to go to church? You know, that type of thing. Um, and then I, I learned that, you know, when you start to put your, your faith in something else and it's not like uh, other people, don't put your faith in other people and, and start to actually put it in into somebody who has your best interests always in mind. That's what opened up. My family's always been, you know, very Christian, very, hey, let's go to church. Let's do this. Let's do that. That was the extent. Never went any further than that. It was always, you know, just that's where it stopped they would say, hey, let's go to church. After Sunday, nothing for the rest of the week. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Again, I'm not super religious, but I do understand that aspect of looking to someone else, um, putting a belief in someone else, especially down south. That's a huge, uh, it's very, it's a part of the culture down south for sure, religion and faith. Um, So I appreciate you sharing that. I have a totally one-off question that's very selfish for me we talked about we talked we talked about this yesterday bro how the do you handle your relationships and your health and just like overall stress levels with the responsibility you have and traveling all the time so um for some of the people that might not know uh, i travel 325 days out of the year um, that would be out of 365. So 
a lot of the stuff that I've really been doing is um, taking a second to, to just go and, and, and care for myself. Don't stress too much. You know, work calls, work calls consistently, and you always answer those calls. But at the end of the day, when your phone stops ringing, go work. Go care for yourself. Go figure out what you need to do. Go go eat. Go, you know, don't, don't stress you. Don't, you know, don't under eat. Stuff like that. It's so... It's, there's such a fine line with people that travel so much. They don't, they don't get it. They, they will either overeat, they'll binge eat, they'll, um, they'll overwork out because they have too much time. They will over relax. Like it's, it's just really finding a good work-life balance because, you know, you're here on work trips, but at the end of the day, you can go and have fun and go eat by yourself. And um, That was a new level of confidence that I've gotten. Uh, traveling so much is going into a restaurant, sitting down by myself and just not caring about what anybody thinks. Going into a bar, sitting down, not caring with, you know, any of the judgment. Um, so it's really been a lot of figuring out that work-life balance and then also um, seeing family when you're home. Because that's one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of the time. You know, my my goal is always to make millions and millions of dollars, but at what cost, right? What if I had a family right now, and what what if uh, what if there was a huge six million dollar mansion, but it was empty all the time because I was gone all the time? And that's what tends to happen is is these families are broken because there's nobody in this house, but you, well, you have a big house, what whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it scares me still about that because, you know, finding a wife, finding somebody that's cool enough to, to actually tag along and be a part of my journey. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, what they say is, you know, when you start dating a guy who's an entrepreneur or you marry a guy who's an entrepreneur, you're just an unpaid assistant. Like that, we're on the grind consistently. You know, you're, you're there to support us. You're there to help us. Um, and that's finding somebody who's a key who will accept setting, that setting that expectation is tough don't set that on the first date but i feel you on that i definitely yeah. feel you on that go ahead yeah. Kev. i was gonna say you bring up a really good point and i think that's something that colton and i both can relate to is you spend so much try, time trying to work to create the life that you want sometimes you forget to live the life that you already have um so i i yeah totally think I think along the same lines as that. And yeah, that's another thing. When you're, when you're full hearted pursuing your goals, like full steam ahead, it takes a special person to want to be a part of that. Um, and so, yeah, to, to your point earlier dude, about your gut, when you, when you meet that person, you'll know for sure. Dude, I got to tell you, people my age are terrible, awful. In what respect or what? The dating scene's a little rough nowadays. I would think it's so it's so bad. Um, Uh, I mean, even here, even here in Austin, right? People will come up to you, and the first thing they look at is what's on your wrist, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I guess that's happening." Um, Good thing you got something nice on your wrist, big dog. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now, I've seen that thing. Um, Yeah, I'm. I don't know. That's interesting. But, dude, I guess, yeah, you, I mean. You've got some experience navigating that more so than most, I believe. So, you know, you have that I, in your um, back pocket. 
I always, so our NASCAR driver, right? He came to me uh, and asked me for advice, right? He has a wife, you know, um, but there's, there's women out there that specifically go and try and make up, break up marriages because he's a NASCAR, whatever, you know, I, I dealt with the same thing. I was in a relationship when I went to Cardiff and women throw themselves at you, throw themselves at you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also maintaining that aspect of, Hey, I'm, I'm in a relationship. Like I, I worked my butt off to get here and I'm not going to just ruin it with, with one, you know, one person. So, um, I mean, to that point, 23 and 24 is not a great age. I think, I think women are looking for the immature guys right now. And then when they turn 26, they're like, Oh, I'm going to just settle down. And guess what? All the nice guys are like, yeah, I'll see you later. Whatever you, 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 uh, you said no to me for uh, for three years, four years. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm not dealing with that. Um, Let me ask something, dude. Um, where do you, like, so you're this version of yourself today. Who do you look up to emulate or, like, better yourself? Is it all faith-based or do you read books, listen to the podcast? Are the people you try and emulate in your circle? Because, candidly, within your circle, there's more – There's typically higher I would say more successful people in your circle than maybe ours um like I saw you recently playing golf with Johnny Damon like a a, you know a very well-known baseball player like who do you look to for advice do you read books things like that yeah so I listen to a ton of podcasts um uh, look up a lot to Joe Rogan and uh and some of those guys read a ton of books a ton of books again you know that's, that's all playing right into uh to self-help right you're always helping yourself you're always expanding your mind you can work out and lift weights all you want but when do you really lift mental weights right um and i've been really uh looking up to some of these guys that uh that i've met in my time here um you know our current ceo steve is one of the smartest men i've ever met he's just incredible he He's very uh, one task focused and he knows exactly what moves to make. Um, I've been looking up to him. And then also uh, one of the big ones is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk as well. Um, we make fun of him a little bit. I like his content, but the way he. Pre- he's too exudes- easy to make, make fun of. Oh, like no, he's, he's, he's obviously there's, you know, with everybody that you can make fun of anybody, but he's definitely right about a lot of fucking things. So yeah. hard to deny that. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually my direct mentor. So uh, I worked with a company called Rhino Strategic Marketing, um, and they connected me. They do all the marketing for Vayner Media, and they were like, "Dude, go meet him." So I flew up to Scottsdale and uh, had a great six-hour conversation with this man, just talking about you know life, what what to look for, what not to look for. Like Gary's still single. Like he's he knows what he wants in life. I thought he's married. And, Gary Vaynerchuk's not married? No. What? No, I don't think so. I could be totally missing the ball here. I, 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 might be, I might be off too, but he I was, think um, he's. I think he's divorced. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, he so. was, uh, you know, just talking about what the come up was like. What the, uh, everybody wants a piece, like I said. You know, they're always, hey, remember me from six years ago? I served you Applebee's. Like, 
man. What was it? What was the biggest takeaway from that conversation? A six hour conversation. I would imagine there's something um, meaningful there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just kind of learning your ways, learn how you do things. Don't ever compare it to the, the way that other people do things. I run it. We run our company a very specific way, like no other company. And that's a reason that we're so successful. And so I live by that every single day. It doesn't matter. You know, everybody's on the same parallel, but you can take a couple of zigzags along the way to get where you want to get. Um, and I feel like I'm, you know, I'm a, a great path at this point, uh, being so young. And, and uh, <clears throat> he had a lot to say about that. He's like, you're so young. Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a... Uh, it was a great conversation. Let me ask you one thing. I feel like even on this podcast and even in your Instagram, if I, I'm candid with you, I see a lot of high moments, right? I see a lot of like private jets, nice dinners, conferences, race car, NASCAR shit, like, which I'm sure there are a lot of um, for sure. Uh, but do you have lows? And if you do, how do you handle them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, just one of my lowest low points was probably relationships ending and stuff like that. Um, it really, it, they're all teaching moments to me, at least. Um, you learn, you learn from everything that you do. You learn people are a little bit darker than what, you know, what they, what they show initially. Um, but lowest low moments being uh, we tore the wrong roof off of a house this week. Yeah. That's a pretty low moment for me. This lady went directly to the news. She's like, Hey, these guys didn't call us and like we have it fully documented and everything like that. Um, but no, I mean, low moments being, you know, all learning, all learning processes. Mm. You don't need somebody in your life. You don't need a girl. You don't, you don't need that to continue on and be successful. Right. People watch, people watch what you do. So it will come eventually. And there's definitely a person out there. And I think that all ties back into, into faith and being you know, having that faith, somebody's going to come around and it's going to be the right person for you and they're not going to ever break your heart. So that's definitely been one of my lowest low moments. Uh, and then, I mean, also, you know, fame, money, stuff like that. It's always been, hey, I don't know if this person loves me for me or if they love me for what I do for a living. Um, but one of the one of the best ways to, to, to really get through that is just to... to know that that's a learning moment must, must be tough for you bro like i honestly empathize with that a lot I, I don't know if i could handle that sort of like that unknown variable of me being young and successful because i'm not sure i could like at, at your level of success slash fame which to some is like yeah like to me and kev that's a lot of success and fame but i mean imagine like a justin bieber right like it's almost insane how many varying levels there are to having your name on display or like being in the public limelight. So I, I can't even imagine. Uh, but I appreciate you sharing with that, uh, sharing that with us. I, I do have a question for you. Um, you have a lot going for you, uh, as Gary probably said in your conversation, but what are some of the things you hope to accomplish like in the next couple of years? Um, or is there any roadmap for you moving forward? So, so I think one of the biggest things, um, that I really want to accomplish is to, uh, this has always been a goal of mine. I want to buy my parents their own house. 
um, and just make sure that they're set to go because if I, I was able to do that early on, I went and bought my own house, but and my own car, and you know, I'm up to three houses now, which is crazy. I mean, never thought I would get there. Um, but you know, I think it's it's uh, yeah about getting my parents comfortable. They're both retired now. They're a little bit older. I want to make sure that they're comfortable, and then that that way I can feel comfortable moving around the country because that's essentially what I do right now. Um, roadmap being, I mean, company wise, is that kind of what you're asking too? Not personal, bro. So I really want to. Uh, I want to get to 205 in lean muscle mass. Um, I've been working consistently trying to get there. I just don't gain weight very quickly. Um, and then, uh, you know, get to, get to a point where I can just put myself, uh, you know, put myself in a situation where so many people rely on me. And I think that's how I've been measuring my success. Like we have 1800 employees that, um, rely on us to pay their bills, which is crazy to me. So you want more of that is what you said? I want to do, I want to develop that. I want at least 2000 employees. Um, I'm sorry. I don't call them employees. We call them workers. Got yeah. I, I, I love this mentality. And you mentioned earlier about making the people that you work with your family. And it seems like you, you kind of want to grow that family a little bit more. In our line of work, we've both had experiences where people think the opposite, right? Um, so for you, why is it so important that you make people you have those types of personal relationships with the people you work with. So I've seen so many companies fail because there's no culture to anything. You just have a bunch of people that exist together and they work in an office together. They don't know each other's names. They don't care. Those are the least successful companies. Um, but I think it all really ties back to our mentality as, as owners of the company um we're so family oriented that we don't we don't want it any other way i want i want all your family to come out i want your wife to come out i want you know i want all the kids to come out i'll watch the kids i'll babysit the kids that type of thing um and i think that really ties into the the workmanship that uh, that my employees actually put forth on the back end because they know this person knows my children. This person, this person knows me so well. Um, and this person and, you know, and the other owner actually care about me. So I, I, I really, that all is definitely tying into our, uh, our, our selflessness and how we want to just help everybody else, help the employees out and be extremely family oriented. Yeah. Yeah. You get more buy-in. My boss always says culture eats strategy for breakfast every day, every day. So uh, take, maybe take that one with you. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's wrap it up. Maybe I know you mentioned books in, in podcasts a little bit earlier, so love to wrap it up with maybe, you know, the, the most impactful book that, that you've read personally and maybe you, a podcast that you use to listen, that you listen to on a consistent basis to continue developing yourself. Yeah, so um, one of my favorite books, and uh, I'm a overthinker, an overlover. Like I always go into everything, you know, weight and 
Um, it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And that has been uh, one of the best books I have ever read. Um, I will reread that book six or seven times before before the end of the year. Because it's just a reminder to me. It, it shows me, you know, you can get so far, but you also don't want to care about stupid stuff. You, you shouldn't care about what everybody at home thinks of you. Like, you know, you go home, you go back to Carnival Valley, you have a nice vehicle. People are looking at you and they're like, oh, is that so-and-so from so-and-so? Who the fuck cares? That Who plays it, bro. I haven't even read the book, but I, I almost bet that that's your third philosophy that you told us. Like, I'm sure some of that, like more bad people than good is in that book. I will bet my life savings because um that's a very I'm not gonna Colton I'm not gonna spoil it for you you gotta I read it so I gotta read it I gotta read it um dude a I appreciate the time I know how valuable it is for you I hope you party your ass off today and enjoy Austin um but I this one thing two things I, I want to end this with is one it's crazy as hell that we grew up in the same neighborhood barely knew each other and then we connect over social media like three and a half years ago and we chop it up randomly, like from time to time on there. So I want to say it's crazy how cool social media can be to meet great people. Um, Cause some people think it's just this like show where you're taking pictures with your shirt off, which yeah, I do that, but I also connect with cool people too. Um, so that's one thing I would like, so put real content out, bro, put real content out, be a real fucking person and you'll probably connect with like-minded individuals. Second thing I wanted to say was you're at Cameron one Saunders on Instagram. Your company is at CMR roofing. I would love for you to start posting some more content about some of the stuff you have going on, man. Like a cool content piece that I would resonate with or love to see is like how you lead a company when you're a little bit younger, like stuff. How do you lead people when you're younger? Like that, that sort of content would be cool to me. Um, I think a lot of people would, would find value in stuff you post. So I would encourage you to do that more too. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I can do that just for you, Colton. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> it, bro. I appreciate it. But um, well, yeah, that's, that's all I got, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Cam, it was great meeting you, man. Have a great rest Very of your day, nice. brother. Very nice to meet you guys. Have a good day, guys.